0: Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes.
1: Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore. We play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian as Jack Whiteside. as Roy okay? Someone check on Roy. (laughs) Gabe as Roy Arroyo. I am okay, but thanks for checking. And Matt is Rocky Royal.
0: Well, it can't possibly be as bad as the uh, last year's Christmas party that, oh, oh, that that took a while to clean up.
1: Well, welcome, players. How's your day going so far?
2: Wet, crazy,
1: wet. Is it really raining out that way?
2: Uh, it was, yeah.
1: Or you just uh, been uh, engaging in uh, tentacle porn? <laughs> <laughs> yes, lots and lots of tentacle porn. Nice. Well, I just tapped my uh, Judas Priest-themed painkiller IPA, so I'm testing out the very first pint of it. Nice. And I did something a little bit different for all you beer uh, homebrew aficionados out there. This is the first time that I'm actually dry-hopping in the keg itself.
0: Ooh. Sounds sexy. All
1: right, well, let's uh, take a moment to read some letters from beyond. What do you say, guys? On Reddit... Zero Ritfix has four questions for us. Your podcast has begun with awarding mythos knowledge. Since that time, nobody has gained it as far as I can tell. And I'm quite certain that a few characters have earned some of it. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I've got it all. In light of that comment or question, I did do a little bit of research today. And for sure, you guys probably at some point would have... Uh, increase your Cthulhu mythos the basic rule is that when you first encounter something that requires you to make a sanity roll and you fail that sanity roll and it's mythos related so it's not just like seeing a dead person but it's more like seeing a creature that is like a star vampire the very first time that happens then you would basically take an immediate five points you add five to your Cthulhu mythos oh okay any successive encounters with the mythos-related things, then you add one, and it just slowly creeps up. Okay. And uh, over the course of time, that also seeps up and uh, modifies your max sanity. To uh, this person's comment, yes, that is the case, and we will be more diligent going forward. Second question, isn't black pudding something that could be perceived as possum guts? Maybe that's what Rachel Adoptee eats? And to answer this question, yeah, uh, yeah, that was actually the initial intent was uh, that she would be always eating black pudding. So that was very perceptive of you to notice that. I thought it'd be gross if they were eating black pudding, but then the uh, person who created this NPC, one of our uh, generous patrons on patreon.com slash lovecraftstapes, thought that might be a little too vague. So I modified it slightly and just went with pudding cups, but also gave it the qualities of black pudding. So... Third question, why was everything so lethal at the facility that killed the hacker person? Deadly paper cuts, deadly zombies, deadly paper shredders. Because
0: Jeremy has a murder boner.
1: Always. He shows it to everyone.
2: Hey guys, want to see my murder boner?
1: It looks like a knife and it cuts like a knife. I try to vary the types of scenarios that we run from humorous and and basically non-deadly to something that might be incredibly deadly. And I felt the time had come that uh, these investigators needed to encounter something that was going to be very challenging and very deadly. And that's the way that this particular scenario was built by the developer. Uh, It's not something I created, but uh, it's something that I modified slightly. And I felt it was just... uh, In a tempo rhythm for the whole podcast, I felt it was time that uh, there be something a bit more serious.
2: Well, and everybody knows the
1: rhythm is going to get you. That's right. So says Janet Jackson. (gasps) That's the Rhythm Nation. And finally, is a crossover of an air freshener and of a butt plug a good West product? Actually, yes. I could do
2: something with that. No, no, no. They want a commercial, Matt.
0: Oh! (laughs) My bad. They don't want you to do
2: something with that. Right, Gabe? He's just picturing it in his mind. I know. He's researching on Amazon. The butt
1: plug and air fresheners. All right, on Twitter at Barbarian Rainy says, the newest prologue for Trist is so good. Excited for this new section of the story. So thank you. That was just a comment. I appreciate that. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Also, On Twitter, uh, the results of our March poll are in. And the question was, when eating a bagel, which slice do you tackle first? 42% said random, no preference. 42% said bottom, which is the correct answer. And then 17% said top. On Facebook, Frank Master says, regarding episode 70, want more pudding. (laughs) (laughs) On Discord... At BCP asks, will there be a future adventure using Pulp Cthulhu rules? Possibly a holiday special? What do you guys think about that? Yes.
2: I think
0: that'd be interesting to explore a different offshoot of this system, considering we play the straight version of it. It'd be interesting to kind of stray into pulp territory once just for the experience,
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and, and I think that's absolutely a possibility uh it's a matter of getting those rules and seeing where the differences are and uh plugging them in where necessary, so yeah i don't I would never rule that out, so it sounds like fun at inside out. Notes, the budding relationship between 1950's Sam and KD was truly heartwarming, and witnessing the engagement between modern-day Sam and Dan dissolve was rough. Aside from the unspoken love between Whiteside and Dan, is there a potential for future showmances? Roy and Rocky. Gross. Keep it in the family. Wincessed. Well, I mean, we
3: already have one if you look at Rocky and Declan.
1: And Jack and the Tentacle. It's It's two. I, th- I think Rocky and Declan is is going to be that, that weird, like, will they, won't they. It's going to be like a Sam and Diane. It's going to be like a, a moonlighting thing. It's going to be like Flo and Jack.
0: Foreign Flo or Flo Flo? Roy and Rosita.
1: I think they were just pals, honestly. It was a crush. Just for now. All right. And finally, we need to give a special thanks to our April 2019 Patreon supporters. Woohoo! The Demir Lobotomists and Ravens in the Attic presumably meet other cultists of the Starry Wisdom in a nearby cemetery at midnight for chocolate pudding and narcoleptic naps. Geordie Rose, as a certified mystic of the occult, attempts to divine the whereabouts of Dan Williams, but keeps getting Try Again Later. Elizabeth Grieve, our lonesome investigator of the unknown, keeps searching random graveyards for those dang cultists, but her flashlight keeps giving out at the most inopportune moments. Always carry D batteries. Brittany Davis, Lobster Johnson, Olda Polkert, Chris Parker, Frank Delventhal, Mitch L., Daniel Hissey, David Winterman, Eric Zane, Wooder Vermeyen, Brownie Davis, John M. Ray, Anthony Imes, Tadashi Katsuren, and Eric Miles form the teaching staff of professors at Miskatonic, always willing to bend and shape the minds of their students. And speaking of students at Miskatonic, raise your hand if you're here. Eric Sederberg? Eric Phillips? Snow? Dom Driver? Malumbra 57 Milka Mix? Oh, And rolling boxcars, I saw you pass that note earlier, so I want to see you in my office after class. But not about the note. Bueller. (laughs) Bueller. you. Corporal punishment. (laughs) Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor.
1: Good morning, Sunshine. Uh Uh-oh, looks like someone's got a case of the Taco Fish Tuesdays. Wah wah. No worries, we got you covered. Here, have a steaming hot cup of our world-famous Black Rock Lava Java. Mmm, smell the fresh roasted flavor crystals? That's how you know it's working. We travel far and wide and when to bring you only the best Java... Brewed with love and care and just a little bit of science magic. Take that first sip, there you go. Yeah, hot and smoky, but not exactly coffee, if we're being honest. Feel anything yet? It starts with a widening of the pupils, followed by quickening palpitations of your heart muscle. Then your veins should begin to bulge abnormally, Don't worry, it's all part of the process. Go with the flow. The lava flow, if you will. Now, think back to last night. Bit hazy, right? Black Rock is erasing all the bad stuff from yesterday. Spout off to your boss? Gone. Threw a punch at your best friend? Never happened. Run over a hobo on your evening commute to Dover? It's only a blip in the news to you. Whoa there, big fella. Only one cup a day. Wouldn't want you to go full tabula rasa on us. But don't forget to refill your mug tomorrow. Black Rock Lava Java. Because there's got to be a morning after. And we're back. Yeah? What do you think? Why does everyone keep saying we're
3: not sponsored? We have sponsors every week.
0: I know. I don't oh man, I know, man. I still think we should have gone with the butt plug air freshener. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not what you said a minute ago. Right. What's that pine scent? You know, guys, when I consider which products and or services should be allowed to advertise on our podcast, this one usually lands on the bottom of the barrel. However, they recently bribed me with unlimited beer refills in my 128-ounce Herbert West decapitated head sippy cup, so I had to give them some air time. Who doesn't love a good sippy cup? Now... Dear Investigators, we continue Chapter 8, Trist.
0: Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes
1: All hell breaks loose on Tristan Dacuna after Roy Arroyo imbibes too much homebrew and goes on a maniac cop-style shooting spree at the Albatross Bar, mortally wounding Jack Whiteside in the crossfire. Luckily, Declan and Rocky Arroyo are able to subdue the temporarily insane FBI agent, then summon Reverend Brother Lee Summers to provide medical support. Night falls on our investigators, who are no closer to finding Dan Williams than when they first arrived, but who are much, much worse for wear. It is currently the dead of night. The witching hour. 3 a.m. Rocky, you start awake and bolt upright in an uncomfortable bed in a rented room at the Albatross Bar. Hours ago, with Declan's help, you managed the fallout from your brother's firefight. It took money, fast talk, and veiled threats before the locals would allow the incident to pass without further complication. As one consolation, the barkeep agreed to stop serving his questionable homebrew, at least until your investigation concludes. After that, Declan secured your unconscious brother in his room, and Reverend Summers offered to tend Jack Whiteside's wounds. You barely made it back to bed, collapsing in a fatigued, dreamless sleep. Until now. Suddenly awoken by... What exactly? Your eyes struggle to adjust to the gloom of your quarters.
0: So the first thing I see when I wake up is an amorphous blob of shadow kind of hovering a couple inches off the ground. I'm going to take a second to kind of, you know, wipe the sleep from my eyes, stare down at it a little harder, and it starts to resolve into a form.
1: And that form is Brother Mori Auberis. And I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll?
0: Uh, I needed a 70, and I rolled a 73. That is a failure.
1: So you are going to take one point of sanity damage.
0: Alrighty, That puts me at 69. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Quitting the game. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Rocky, you see Brother Maury Abras standing in the corner of your room, and it is this old spindly man with wiry arms. He is wearing a dirty shirt with a smock, something that you might expect a gravedigger to be wearing. And the one thing you do notice right off the bat is he appears to be completely intact. He's not missing his brain. He's just staring at you.
0: Swing my legs over the side of the bed, so I'm sitting up in the bed. Are you you by chance, Brother Maury Obris?
1: And he nods.
0: This is going to sound... Like an old request, but you wouldn't by chance happen to remember what happened to you in the graveyard several days ago, do you?
1: So that sounds like it's going to be some sort of roll. Probably a persuade.
0: Uh, I needed a 60, and I rolled a 63, but we're going to spend three points of luck, which brings me down to 69. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to get every number to 69. That's the goal. (laughs) Hit points, 69.
1: 69. So you ask him this question, and he looks at you curiously, and he says, No, what do you mean, governor?
0: Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the only reason I'm here is because you were murdered, and then someone stole your brain.
1: He kind of looks off to one corner of the room as if he's mulling something. I think you're full of it.
0: Oh, no, quite quite the opposite, sir. I'm going to um, pull up my phone and pull up the pictures I took from the, the scene at the graveyard. And I'm going to show him basically the blood trail and where he found his body and how I know it was him that was there.
1: And he looks uh, over your shoulder at the images and he's very curious as you're scrolling through them. And he's looking back to you, back to the screen, back to you. <sighs> Anybody could have doctored that. Looks like Photoshop to me. Come on, let's go take a look. And he walks towards the door of your room and through it.
0: Quickly throw on some shoes and grab a coat, and I'm going to head out after him because I want to know where he's going.
1: So you see Moriobris drift through the corridor of the Albatross Bar's hotel area. And uh, outside, it seems much cooler out tonight. And you can hear the waves Crashing upon the beach at a distance, just a faint drone. Maury is just striding along the street toward the cemetery.
0: Uh while we're walking, I'm just gonna ask him um, does the name Wardwood mean anything to you?
1: Yes, Wardwood. He was uh, one of our founders. What of him?
0: See, when I first found where you were originally attacked. Uh, it appears you were maybe performing some sort of maintenance on his grave site. Uh The dirt at his grave had been freshly turned and there was a shovel, and you being the one who keeps these things up, I just assumed that it was you that was uh, working on it, maybe doing some sort of restorative work. Uh.
1: Exactly right, Governor. I was uh, taking care of the uh, property like I do for everything, and uh, <sighs> that misbegotten, ungrateful bastard rose up from his grave and... That's all I remember.
0: You're saying that Ward Wood came out of his grave?
1: It's a bit misty in the in the old noggin. I'm getting older, you know.
0: Uh, is it a, a regular occasion that uh, people around here rise up out of their graves, or is that just reserved for special people?
1: I should say not, but uh, that bastard was uh, quite a mean one back in the day
0: and um, what is your your procedure for when these types of things happen procedure when when someone comes back up out of their grave such as you said this uh, mr. Woodfellow has what do you do with them
1: I, this is the first I ever saw it well stain me knickers.
0: Uh, luckily you were wearing your brown pants
1: I don't own anything other than brown pants.
0: Smart man. Brown goes with just about anything. You have a very earth-tone complexion. It, it works well for you. Okay, bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do
0: you know of anyone on the island that might have some sort of grudge against you? Some some sort of reason to want you dead? Hypothetically, of course.
1: No, of course not. I'm just a lonely old uh, man who likes to Dig Graves. I mean, that's very natural, right? It's it's uh, quite wholesome.
0: Don't have any family around here, do you? Um...
1: Oh, no. My, my daughter moved away a long time ago. Bless her heart. Oh, well, here we are at the cemetery. Where, where did you say that picture was taken?
0: Right over here, and I'm going to lead him over to where the first picture was taken, which is at um, the grave of Geordie Rose.
1: Things appear to be very well neatly clipped. It must have been someone maybe late in the evening came by last night and clipped things. So you don't see any indication of blood or anything like that. And you don't even see the piece of stone missing. You actually see the uh, grave marker is completely intact over Wardwood's grave.
0: It's interesting, because I'm pretty sure I had Declan take that piece of stone with us.
1: Who is that? Declan, did you say?
0: Um yes, big fellow doesn't talk a whole lot mm. He's um, not know assistant him. N- no he's he's my assistant um no need to worry about that um
1: so you said my body was found where exactly
0: um right here on
1: the the grave of Geordie rose oh geordie, i know him he's he's right over here, and he walks over to where Geordie Rose is, and this is where I was found.
0: Yes, you were found, um, the back of your head had been caved in. And from what I could gather, someone had somehow broken off a chunk of the tombstone for Ward Wood and used it as some sort of blunt instrument. Are
1: are you daft, man? Worst superhero ever.
0: No, I've investigated things like this for quite some time. Oh, oh.
1: Shut your trap, do you hear that? Give me a listen roll.
0: I needed a 25, and I roll a 31.
1: Rocky cocks his head, listens, and all you can hear is the waves, the nearby waves along the cliffside. And then you hear Maury say, Oh, my lord, he's returned. Who? And then you see the back of his head simply explode, and his brain is wrenched from the hollow of his skull.
0: (laughs) CGI on this is terrible. (laughs) <laughs> totally unbelievable.
1: I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, please.
0: Another one, you say. All right.
1: Shock upon shock.
0: I needed a 69, and I rolled a 67. Therefore, I have succeeded.
1: So, you don't take any more sanity damage. However, you do see Moriabris collapse to his knees, and the brain is hovering in midair. You're just a few feet away from this, and you see it slowly disappear as if it were being eaten by creature that you can't see. And then you do hear, directly behind you, approaching feet.
0: Gun out, kind of at the ready, spin around with my phone flashlight pointing outward so I can get a better view of who's trying to sneak up behind me.
1: So Rocky whirls around gun in hand to see Reverend Brother Lee Summers. The Reverend looks like some sort of black and white, flickering, almost like a newsreel version of himself. And next to him is some sort of hulking, frog-like monstrosity that is slightly larger than man-sized. And they are approaching toward you fast.
0: I'm just going to kind of silently take a couple of steps to the side and see what they do. And make sure I keep my gun trained on them, though, just in case.
1: They approach Moriobris. Reverend Brotherly Summers kneels down and pulls something from a robe pocket. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden?
0: I needed a 60. I rolled a 29. That is a hard success.
1: He has a frog in his hand. He kneels over the body of Moriobris for a moment. His hand holding the frog goes towards Moriobris' mouth, and that's all you can see as it obscures your vision while he kneels over the body. After a moment, he stands up, looks southward, and says something, but you can't hear it.
0: Can I try reading his lips from where I'm at? You may. It's a 50-50 shot. I needed a 50. I rolled a 55. But I really want to know what's going on at this point. So we're going to spend the five points and go down to 64.
1: So you watch his face rapidly trying to figure out what he is saying that you can't hear. And you come up with two words that chill your backbone, if you are correct. And those two words are Father Dagon. Well, shit. (laughs) And then you wake up in bed. Roy, your throat is dry, parched, coated in soot, burning with a fire from inside that won't go out. With a croak, you thrash upon your bed and fall to the floor. Slowly, reality seeps back in. You remember what happened hours before with distinct clarity. The gunfire, the breaking glass, the screams... At the time, it felt as though someone else controlled you, pulling marionette strings while you fought helplessly against an alien compulsion. Now, however, your faculties seem restored. There is a cooling sense of calm and welcome relief. That is, until you realize someone is under your bed, staring at you with great interest. I'll, uh, flip the lamp on. So you crab walk back... Towards the lamp on your bedside and flip it on at the same moment that a woman crab crawls out from under your bed, hair hanging in her face, and you realize this is Sister Ingrid Pitt, fully restored, not showing any signs of the burning or drowning, <laughs> or burn drowning or drum drown burn drow burn drow drow <laughs> I'm gonna need you to make a say roll, please.
3: I I needed a 61, I got a 94, that's a fail.
1: So you're going to take one point of sanity damage, and how are we looking on that from? On that 60 of 68. I need to make a quick roll here, so give me a second.
3: Bouts of madness, now I'm angry and going to kill everyone again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not again. Look, we can't use the same thing in two episodes, guys, that's lazy Writing?
3: Writing? It's still real to me. I
0: mean, yeah, we have to do something with the scripting for this show.
3: I'm seeing a lot of numbers getting thrown out there right now. Nervous, are you? Yeah. <laughs> me too. Because <laughs> I immaculately survived last time. It would be a shame if it all just yeah. went downhill because a Ringu Girl over here. <laughs> <laughs> Ringu
1: Girl. <laughs> ah. And she stands to her full height, which is about five foot four, and parts the hair out of her eyes and looks at you with what appears to be empathy or concern.
3: I know you. You're dead. What are you doing here? And why are you eating frogs?
1: So that's going to be... What kind of role is that going to be? Small talk? I don't know. There's charm, fast talk, intimidate, or persuade. What what would you guys say that is?
3: Well, I feel like I'm trying to relate to her. Charm seems fine. Yeah. Go. Haha, ha, I needed a fifty, I got a sixteen. That's a hard success.
1: So she cocks her head and looks at you,
3: smiling slightly and, and says, Dad, what are you talking about? I saw your body at the morgue. <laughs> my my body? <laughs> you uh you threw up a frog and gave me uh gave me a little fright there.
1: What, what do you mean morgue? What, what, what's that even mean? You don't know what a
3: morgue is, really. I gotta, I gotta define this for you. So, sir, I know what a morgue is, but uh, we, we
1: don't have anything like that here.
3: Oh, whatever. Like, are, are you high? Have you been uh, with the reefer? Yeah, uh, I do like the reefer. Don't fear the reefer. You know my friend Rosita. Oh, I've seen your body around other dead bodies, so I don't know what you call it on this backwards island, but to me, that's a morgue. So you're a looky-loo. If you have seen my body here, what are you, a peeping tom? I mean my name's Roy but I do peep Peeping Roy? Well this is all very fascinating but I I have to get back to work. Hey, you want to walk and talk? You want to tell me about that work? Cuz I think I might be able to help well, you. Sure. Are, are you a scientist? Yes.
1: The name's Clint Westtree. You look more like a Rick to me, but okay, follow along. And uh she goes out and disappears through your door. So
3: I'll uh, I'll chase her opening doors because I have to.
0: Don't go chasing waterfalls.
1: She is clearly heading towards the Thatched House Museum. Good. And she's perfectly willing to keep up a uh, pattern with you. Alright. If you want to ask her anything. So
3: uh you work at the near the museum or in the museum?
1: Right, I use it as a kind of base, yes, uh, but I, I work, actually work out in the lava fields. Yeah,
3: yeah, what are you studying out there?
1: Well, you know, it's uh, I'm a geologist, so uh, I, I study rocks mostly. Uh, it's very fascinating here with the volcano that uh, once erupted. So I take samples and I measure uh, to see if there's any rumblings, that sort of thing.
3: I knew a great, great man that once said that rocks are neat.
1: Rocks are neat, yes. I I, I like that a lot, yes. It's a good sentiment. Yeah. We have a lot of black rock here.
3: So, uh, what what specifically have you been looking into? Like, have have you made any discoveries? Anything unusual? Anything that I might have seen?
1: I nothing that you would have seen, I'm sure. Uh, unless you're, you know, very familiar with a uh, sort of volcanic uh, porous rocks. The fields are very fascinating. They have all these different winding, almost as if the flow of the lava were telling a tale. You don't think you're dead, do you? Me, I'm I'm walking around, aren't I? Do you have
3: any kind of memories of frogs getting jammed into your skull or something
1: like that, lingering around? Oh, my friend, we haven't seen a frog around here in quite some time. I mean, take a look around. We're surrounded by salt water. Maybe they're adapting. It's
3: a new world, you know. It's a whole new That world. evolution gambit and what have. Well,
1: I suppose, yes. Uh, I have seen some uh, odd creatures here. You know, the odd uh, leaping uh, bird or, uh, you know, snake with uh, wings on it. I don't know. But
3: Well, I guess we could keep going. Maybe you can show me some of your research, if that's
1: all right with you. Well, sure. we we just got to stop here at the Thatched House Museum real quick, if you don't mind. All right. She goes around to the uh, back of the Thatched House Museum. Oh, would you give me a hand with this? And she looks like she's trying to pick up something uh, that is uh, made of black rock. It looks like some sort of polished obelisk. I found this in the fields the other day, and uh, I'm just trying to uh, see if it has any kind of symbols or sigils that might be uh, translated. It's on the other side here. Give me a hand. I'll give her a hand. And as you start to approach her, she straightens up and looks over your shoulder. Oh, Reverend, what are you doing here? And then you see her body begin to crisp and blacken from some unseen force of fire. And I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll, uh, Yay,
3: again. Hooray, again. Particularly because of the fire thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it, I get it. She got set on fire and Rocky's a dick. Oh, yay, I needed a 60. I got a 92. That's a fail. Super fun.
0: That's of madness.
1: And you're going to take uh, one more point of damage, or sanity damage, rather. So you watch in horror as her eyes just sear shut her eyelids are just drooping almost like melted over her eyes but you can hear her gasping she's quite clearly still alive and her entire body is just engulfed in flames and falls at your feet and then you hear approaching from the southeast footsteps i look southeast. You look past her body. For a moment, there's nothing except for the black lava fields in the distance. And then flickering in and out like an old newsreel, you see your old buddy, Reverend Brother Lee Summers, grinning, and in one hand is a frog, and at his side is a much larger, loathsome frog, hopping, hopping, hopping towards you.
3: Super fun that this whole entire quest is just let's play with Roy's key connections.
1: Ding! Fries are done. And then you wake up in your bed for realsies.
3: Good thing I woke up because I was
1: gonna shoot it. Jack, you slowly rise from the depths of unconsciousness, an uncomfortable burning sensation in your chest. As your eyes open, they are met with the glorious sight of a naked angel hovering overhead, smiling down at you. It takes a few moments before you realize it is merely a painting on the ceiling, softly illuminated by a flickering candle at your bedside. You're in the old St. Mary's Church to the south of town. Vaguely, you recall being carried here by some locals, then soothed to sleep by the reassuring tones of Reverend Brother Lee Summers' honeyed voice.
2: Water. Does anybody have any water?
1: There's no response. You're alone in this empty room.
2: All right. I'm going to look and see if there's any water on, on a table or nightstand near me. Any Anything that I can drink.
1: There is not.
2: I'm just sitting in the corner chugging all the available water. I'm going to pull out the brown ale in my pocket. and <laughs> <laughs> Roll for sanity. I'm going to attempt to sit up. You do so with uh, relative ease. I check myself check my chest and where I got shot feels good what am I wearing?
1: your clothes okay and you can see that there are bullet holes in them
2: yeah I'm gonna pull up my shirt and and look at the wound
1: There are no wounds.
2: All right, I'm going to dance a jig. <ertime singing> can I have some water? I don't know, Kenya. I'm not going to Kenya to get water.
1: I'm going to um, make note of anything important in the room. Appears AI- to be probably some antechamber of the uh, church. Just a small bed, nightstand uh, with a flickering candle nearby. Bible next to your bed. <celebrities Frage ampere> Hello. As loud as I can muster. There's no response. Hello.
2: As loud as I can catch up. And still
1: no response,
2: but you hear an echo of your voice. Hello, I need relish. So I'm going to walk to the door and open it up.
1: And standing right in the doorway. Oh, Christ on the stick. Is Brother Young John. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll.
2: I don't just give him a high five. Jesus Christ. It's Jesus
1: Christ. I needed a 78. I got a 57. That's a suck. Suck. So even though you're shaken to see brother young John, you notice he appears to be completely intact. There's no wounds on his neck. He's looking at you intently. John, is that you? He nods.
2: How did you get here? I was investigating your murder. He shrugs. Are you here to tell me
1: something? Almost sounded like an intimidate the way you talk.
2: Yeah, I think intimidate to be honest with you. I
0: think he's trying to drive auto.
1: (laughs) He's still failing. Uh, I needed a
2: 60. I roll a 32 for intimidate. What are you talking about? When we arrived on this island, it was because three people were murdered, and you were one of them. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, no, I, I, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Put my hand out. My name's Jack, Jack Whiteside, I'm special agent of the FBI.
1: Brother Young John, what, what, what brings you to these parts other than my so called murder? I want to shake his hand.
0: Uh, I want to hold your hand. And he does, hand. and it
2: feels firm. Do we have a connection, or our eyes met? The flicker of the candlelight. <laughs> Do you know what happened to me? The last thing I remember,
1: I got shot. I'm not sure. I I just uh, closed my eyes for a minute, and I was here. I just figured I'd be sleepwalking again. Where were you before Before here? Oh, back to my boat. Uh, speaking of which, I got to get down there. I got to get ready for uh, early morning uh, fishing. Uh, you mind if I go with you? Oh, no, no, Come along. All right, let's go. And he exits the church. Oh, yeah, we got, we got quite a trek. It's all the way to the north, so.
2: Yeah, I'm, it, it's strange that you made it this far sleepwalking, isn't it? Wouldn't you think? Oh, my house is just thrown away, way.
1: Oh, okay. I don't. I don't live on a boat.
2: Do yeah, but that's the last thing you remembered though, is being by your boat.
1: Uh, no, no. I just uh, I remember uh, being at home, and uh, then I, I I was asleep, and then boom, you're there. There. Strange. I was there. You were there, and and you were there. NtM.
0: How does he feel about hentai? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so have you have you seen anything strange while out on the waters? I know there's tales. There's got to be some tales. Or some tentacles. Well,
1: you know me. I'm always chasing tails.
2: <laughs> uh, what about Sonic and Knuckles?
1: Uh, too soon. Nothing out of the ordinary, really, when you think about it. Some very strange creatures at the bottom sea. I mean, who's going to tell what's what, you know? It's the things that live down there. It glows in the dark, I hear. Hey,
2: I have a strange question for you. That is strange.
1: You're right. When, when was the last time you saw a frog on this island? Oh, well, you know, occasionally we'll get some uh, that wash down from uh, Queen Mary's Peak. That's the only fresh water we have oh, here. Oh,
2: that's right. I forgot that was up there. Yeah.
1: We, that's why we like the rains. It fills up the lake, and uh, we, we get the wash down, and, and it's very nice. Nice. We can't live on seawater. What are you, stupid?
2: Well, yes. What type of fish you fish for?
1: Anything I could sell, actually.
2: Uh, how's your mom?
1: <laughs> and we're there. <laughs> Who is your daddy, and what does he do? This is my boat here.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm a little bit familiar with it. What do you mean? Uh this is where I started my investigation.
1: Okay. Well, so where exactly did you start your investigation?
2: Harbormaster helped steady the boat while I uh
1: waters? What was he doing? Study it in the boat. That
2: old coot? Yeah, why don't you jump in your boat real quick and uh check on the on the backside there and see if you feel anything strange.
1: Oh you mean the aft? Oh, I can tell you're a landlubber. Yeah, I love this land. You're not all about the aft, hey? Mm-hmm. You prefer the uh, starboard or...
2: Uh, when I was younger, I did use aft body spray, but that was just to get the chicks. <laughs> Baby got
1: aft. <laughs> and he leaps aboard the uh, boat. Uh, so you were, you were around here someplace? Where, where were you exactly?
2: Yeah, near the aft where you just told me. But there's something carved into the back of your boat. Just, just see what you can tell what that is.
1: And he leans over and a tentacle shoots out of the water and wraps around his throat, immediately crushing his windpipe. And when am to need you to make a sanity roll.
2: Jacket. Do you see it? <laughs> <laughs> a little lower. Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> I needed a 78. I
1: rolled a 73. I sucked. cessed again. For a moment, you're taken aback, but you're kind of almost in a way prepared for what's about to happen. You can see that the tentacle has this weird black and white flickering quality to it almost as if it's not part of this time and space
0: it is a tentacle from the twilight zone
1: and then you hear footsteps along the pier approaching fast
2: take a step back and swivel to meet the sound with my gaze
1: and you see the same flickering black and white representation of reverend brotherly summers Or Brother Reverend Lee Summers, whichever one you want to do. And some strange creature with bulbous eyes and frog-like features, dripping amphibious scales and spiky skin, hopping alongside him, leaps onto the boat next to the body of Brother Young John. I crouch down and watch as it happens. Sure enough, almost as if it is written in the stars, you see the Reverend, the good Reverend reach into his pocket and produce a frog, which he then slips into the mouth of Brother Young John, shoving it with three fingers down Mm. into his throat. Impressive. And then the Reverend leans over the boat with a black rock in his hand and begins carving something. Kind
3: of idiot serial killer uses carling cards. I don't think he used cards. You wake up
1: in a bed...
0: It's my bed.
1: And at this point, I am going to share some handouts. This one will be shared to Roy. Oh, it says that Rocky sucks and should die. And please read this and just use it to inform your next actions. Rocky, Declan is standing over you, looking deep into your eyes, with concern racking his features. Sir, he exclaims. Come quickly. Then he rushes out of your room.
0: All right, then, um, and I'm going to get up and, I guess, follow him out of the room quickly.
2: We need to talk. It's it's me. It's not you.
1: It's meat. It's not you. <laughs> it's definitely you. You quickly follow him, and he's much faster than you are. And you can see that uh, he turns the corner back into the uh, main bar area. You follow down the hall, and you can hear low voices. And you exit the hotel-motel portion of the albatross. And you can see that Declan, Jack, and Roy are sitting at the ruined bar, murmuring to one another, drinking coffee and looking worried. <laughs> they look up as you enter. Declan hands you a steaming mug and says, We have a situation, sir. Tell him boys.
3: Okay, so here's the deal. I'm waiting. This island's pretty spooky quite spoopy or uh, take it away jack
2: i don't know what's going on but uh i have a feeling that uh something major is about to come down did you guys see what's happening with the volcano
0: yeah some dude named joe thinks he can take it on all by himself
2: <laughs> i'm gonna ask them to step outside and take a look come with me we gotta you gotta see this
0: all right what's this about the volcano and i'm gonna turn and look at it
2: and then i push him in ah!
0: <laughs> splash
2: is it just me or, or can you see the smoke coming out of the top of that
0: that It does look rather ominous. I mean, it could very well just be someone, you know, having a tire fire party in the Kraldara volcano. It's happened before. You do see it.
2: Yes? One other thing, I have a question. Did Roy go crazy yesterday and shoot me?
0: Yes, he did.
3: I'm literally right here. Why are you
2: talking about me? I erase my shirt. I have no wounds.
0: You have no wounds. Okay.
2: I'm
1: a boy. And Jack, as you do that, Uh you realize as you're lifting your shirt that you didn't have wounds in the dream. And yet, as you're waiting for Rocky and Roy to react to the fact that you do have wounds, they do not react because there are no wounds. Okay.
0: Wait, so does he have or does he not? I'm confused.
1: There are no wounds. There are no wounds.
0: Okay. Hey,
3: dude, you don't got any wounds. See, I am i didn't do anything wrong. What the hell is going on here? Well, okay, you're focusing on the wrong thing, because you're dumb. You're looking at the volcano. It's normal for volcanoes to be volcanoes. What you should be looking at is, see over there by the ocean? Look over there.
0: I see water and waves and boats
3: see how high the sea level is and how literally everyone in the town is uh looking at it in a in a line with their backs to us what
2: the hell is happening here oh god it's us they're all red uh-uh. <laughs> spoilers sorry
1: that's not all sir communications are down phone and internet we're cut off completely
0: Oh, well, that's just lovely. It's like Budapest all over again. We need to get off this island. Ah, I have a feeling we won't be finding our way off this island.
2: You mentioned something about uh, teleporting or something. Is that something you can do?
0: Magic is not something that should be trifled with.
2: I don't want to play cards. I want to teleport.
0: There are people out there who do know how to do those sorts of things. Unfortunately... Where? I don't see them. Unfortunately, I was never trained in that back at the academy. I was always the, the more curious type. I preferred to be out in the field than in a classroom looking at a book or meditating or chanting or whatever it is they do over there. Well,
2: I'm going to give you my opinion. I think we should find this Summers. He's, he's the one... Doing all of this. Father Summers.
0: Now that you mention it, something strange. Did, did any of you, by chance, have strange dreams tonight? Uh, just... I did.
3: Mine wasn't a dream, it was a vision. I'm a visionary. I saw the murder of the boy. That's pretty raven. For me, brother-father-dude definitely murdered that that crispy chick.
0: Interesting, because um, I also saw the murder of um, Maury Obris, and... After he had died, the father showed up. And did you happen to see the frog creature yes. thing that he was? I don't with? want to
2: talk about. What it? is that?
0: I'm not sure. But as he was turning away, I couldn't hear him. But I caught two words from his lips: "Father" and "Dagon."
2: What does that mean? I have no mythos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have five. I'm going to think back into my mind's eye a bit and see if that name sounds familiar. I needed a 40, I rolled a 74, that 5 I'm gonna
3: do some word associations on the ground and see if I get it. <laughs> I needed a 5, I got an 83. It didn't work.
0: Nope, I did worse than Gabe. I got a 94.
1: Those particular words don't ring a bell other than the very utterance of them did cause rocky, great unease.
0: I'm not sure quite what he meant by that, but I get the feeling that it can't be anything good. Well, why don't we go ask
1: him? Where's he
3: at? He's probably down by the shoreline. I mean, everyone else is there.
1: Down by
0: the sea. (laughs) Well, maybe he's back in his church. I mean... Well, we're
3: not splitting up. (laughs) Oh, I was just about to recommend that we split (laughs) up. I'll be right back. But I want to see what they're looking at down by the shoreline. I mean...
0: Why don't we swing to the church first, and then we can head down to the shoreline? Yeah, we're
2: closer to the church right now. All right. If he's not there, then we'll know. We'll rush right down. I'll
3: sneak off
2: down to the shoreline. (laughs) Do, 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 do.
3: Nah, I'll go with you, because I want to beat
2: him up. Declan tries to hold the... Rocky's hand as they're walking. Rocky (laughs) smacks it away. All right, so we're going to go to the church. Double time. 80s power walk.
1: You're going to double time it through the village of Edinburgh, which is oddly and creepily silent for this time of the morning. I just need to check this house for a flat screen TV. I'm just going
2: to run up ahead of the group and look in one of the windows of the houses. Give me a spot hidden. I'm going to Verizon in one house in front of him. I'm going to break into a house and search their
3: lock boxes to see if they've been living in there.
2: Um, I needed a 77. I rolled a 21. That's a hard... S- Success.
1: So, Jack forges ahead of the group slightly and, and veers off just to the right and peers into a window. You can see, Jack, quite clearly a kitchen table set for breakfast with a little bit of steam coming off of a coffee cup. Okay, that's what I was hoping for. And a TV on in the background with static. Flat screen? no. Oh. No. Um,
0: is it
2: one of those giant rear projection TVs? <laughs> Guys, there's nobody in any of these houses. we got to get that church quick. Anti raid. There's no panties to raid. They're all down at the beach. They brought all their panties with them to the beach? Yes, duh. Don't you? I mean, you don't bring
0: your entire panty collection when you go to the beach?
2: I bring my Pantene collection. I love to wash my hair. So
1: silky. All right, so you arrive at the church. Yes.
3: Even though it's probably unlocked, I'll kick in the front door.
1: Roll for kicking. So you kick it, and it swings wide open, and you see the uh, vestibule and the uh, church proper completely empty. Looks pretty much the same as when you saw it earlier, Roy. I've come
3: here to chew ass and kick bubblegum.
1: And I'm all out of Juicy Fruit. Clearly, it would be double mint. I'm going to run to the room I was in. So Jack is racing towards uh, a room. Uh, what are the rest of you guys doing? I'm going to go back... Because I've been
3: here, so I know where his quarters are. So you're going to go back towards where you think the priest quarters are?
0: Hang back in the central church area, keep an eye out why those two
1: are looking for stuff. Throw rocks at the stained glass. (laughs) So let's go ahead and say Jack and Roy needed to give me a spot hidden. Rocky does not, since he's just standing by idly.
2: I needed a 77, and I rolled a 33, which is another hard, rigid
3: success. I need a 70, I got a 39, that's a regular... Like, flaccid success.
1: Roy enters into what is clearly the priest's quarters. It kind of has a weird, strange odor. For a moment, it almost reminds me of a nursing home.
0: Prune juice.
1: The smell of a very old man who probably doesn't take a bath every day and sweats in his bed. Lots of ointment. Smells like the pens. The quarters themselves are very... Spartan, there's just like a wash basin and a Bible and a bed and a table where that uh, he can read at night, mostly using candles for light.
0: He is Spartacus?
1: As you're looking around the room, you smell something particularly Mm -hmm. vile underneath his bed. Oh, it's it's his undies, bro. Panty raid! I'll uh, look under the bed. So you, you fall to one knee and... Take a peek underneath the bed, and you see what appears to be some sort of vessel with a cloth over it. Take it immediately, don't think. So you reach under and grab it and pull it. And pop it and twist it. And you can hear what sounds like the buzzing of flies from underneath the cloth. I'll pull it out
3: so I could get a closer look. Close. I'll remove the cloth.
1: So you lift the cloth and a couple flies zoom out, and you can see that it is his bedpan with maggots crawling in it from his last bowel movement.
3: I'll put the cloth back over it. Rocky! What? <laughs> I need you to look at this real quick. I don't know... How- You're smarter than me, and I don't know how to decipher this.
0: I know there's something immediately wrong when he says that,
1: he- that I'm smarter than him. Well, that sounds to me like opposing roles, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds like uh, either uh, Fast Talk or uh, for- on Roy's side and then probably like a psychology from uh rocky side all right and a
3: 50 I Got a 95
0: i needed an 80 and i rolled a 46 so i succeeded in my psychology yeah
1: roll. you you immediately know that roy is up to something so what do you want to do
0: i'm a little busy out here making sure that you don't get snuck up on so um tell you what we'll put a pin in that and as soon as we figure out what's wrong with these islanders we can come back to it later all
3: right Wow, creative okay i take it back then i'm smarter I'll uh, continue to inspect the room. What do you do with
1: the bowl? I'll put it back under the bed. So you slide it back underneath the bed, and you hear this weird metallic clink as if it rubbed up against something underneath the bed. I'll throw the
3: bedpan into the main area of the church in Rocky's direction,
1: and I'll look at uh, what it hit. So you lower yourself from your bended knee and start to crawl underneath the bed, much like... The spirit you saw in your dream, but in reverse, and you see very well hidden a ring that is embedded in the floor and some hinges that are barely detectable. It's clearly a trapdoor underneath the bed. Let's switch back to Jack. What? So you're you're in your quarters that you clearly recognize this small little Spartan room. And the angel is, of course, leering down at you. It it appears to be leering, not so much smiling anymore.
2: Do a thorough check of the room, look
1: under the bed, look under, you know, pull the chair out a bit or the table
2: or whatever's in the room and just look behind everything.
1: Keeping my eye on that, uh, the ceiling painting... (laughs) You're sort of nervously looking up at the ceiling and trying your best to inspect the rest of the room. And the light from the candle is still flickering. It's melted down quite a bit okay, from when you were there earlier. Throwing some shadows that uh, you hadn't really noticed before. And maybe that's what's actually making the angel look Ah. a little bit more strange and twisted than what it was previously. However, that same different cast of shade... Shows you a misplaced brick Ooh. in a wall that is exactly where the gaze of the angel seems to be looking.
2: Cool.
1: It's a sort of miscolored brick in the wall of this old church.
2: I'm going to approach the brick and see if it's loose enough to remove. Indeed, it
1: is. You. The you... entire church collapses. Yep, that's it. That <laughs> was Love the, way the holding man. up. Good job. Game over. This brick, the mortar around it is pretty much gone. Okay. Uh, You can see like just a little bit of a hardened exterior where it was kept to keep up the illusion that it was still mortared in place. But beyond that, it appears that the brick had been recently replaced and maybe not pushed all the way in.
2: Ah, All right, so I'm going to pull it out and pull out the the Declaration of Independence.
1: National Treasure 3, baby!
0: (laughs) Woo-hoo! Nicholas Cage shows up from nowhere. was Was
1: it a shark or something? So you pull the brick out, and you see a darkened hollow blank space behind it stick your
2: dick in it so i promptly lower my pants
1: and you see uh what appears to be a small diary shine my phone in there and just
2: look around make sure i'm not missing anything at the the mouth of the opening of where the brick was
1: gotcha why don't you go ahead and give me another spot
2: hidden i don't want to get caught up on anything uh, i needed a 77 i rolled a 27 that's a very hard success
1: the uh, alcove is just like a couple feet deep and probably expressly used for this diary Uh, the diary itself is leather bound and appears to be well worn
2: carefully pull it out without trying to touch any of the sides of the opening
1: it pulls out very easily i'm gonna open it up it is summer's personal diary
2: i'm gonna flip to the the last page that was written in so
1: we'll switch back to roy And, Roy, you find this trapdoor hidden beneath Summer's bed. We switch back to me because Rocky's lazy and doing nothing. I'll pull it. So, yeah, it's a trapdoor that opens up. You need to move the bed, obviously, to open it to its full extent. I use my vast strength to do so. The bed is easily moved out of the way so that you can hurl the trapdoor open. And you see a spiral staircase descending Beneath the church. And what's more to the point, you smell that vile smell that you thought was the bedpan increased twice fold. Oh,
3: that smells. Hey, fellas, I found a basement. Ace of Base hasn't been together in years. I found a basement.
0: <laughs> you found something yeah basement i didn't think all buildings like these had basements but that's not suspicious i'm not sure what is it
3: was under it, it was on it, uh, his bed ba- you had to move his bed and basement
0: a person who hides an entrance to a secret basement under the bed is clearly up to no good we should probably see what he's doing down there
1: step one bed step <laughs> two basement <laughs> what step three profit mind, mind the pan <laughs> Watch your step, it's a doozy. You, you hear a commotion out in the hallway, Jack. Mm-hmm. Roy yelling something. You're not quite sure what it is because you're so focused on the, this last page of the diary that you flipped to purposely. It reads, Dagon has seen fit to send the fool here on a fool's errand. Love. How ironic. The stranger will ascend to the lake in vain hope of finding his lost love and thereby open the second portal to make way for the Old Ones to return. Ah, to think of it. I am blessed to select which of our illustrious citizens will make proper sacrifices. Their souls will ascend with the stranger to begin the ritual. Father Dagon, I await your
2: return. How did he write it deeper at the end? (laughs) Uh, it's
0: written in bold oh, good, and in good. larger letters, and it's in all caps.
2: I quickly head out and go towards where Roy was looking.
1: So you head out into the hallway, and you see Rocky and Roy standing just outside Lee Summers' quarters, looking in astonished at a trapdoor in the floor.
2: Guys, you see this? Look at this. I hand it over to Rocky.
0: Um, I'm assuming this is some sort of journal of...
2: No, it's a recipe for potato soup.
0: Excellent. I've been looking for one of these. Quickly skim over it.
2: Read the last page. It's very short.
0: All right, then. And I'm going to flip to the back and read the last page. Insert speech here. I think we need to figure out what's down in that basement. But after that, we might want to book it up to the top of the mountain. Because he mentions something about a ritual and the spirits following the stranger up. So if we saw those people, I'm going to go ahead and say that means that someone started
2: that ritual. That's probably a good assumption. Let's get down there quick. I start to go down.
1: So Jack is leading the charge down. Yeah,
2: my flashlight on my phone. No, actually, I have my flashlight pulled. I have a flashlight on me.
1: Awesome. Who goes next?
2: I'll go because I
3: found it and I wanted to go first, but he ran in front of me.
1: I didn't hear anybody call dibs. Kicked the bedpan down the hole after. <laughs> right. I think you're <laughs> oh. supposed to say shotgun, right? <laughs> oh,
2: I've got the. He kicks the pan down onto my head. You son of a bitch. No,
0: I do it on top of Roy's
2: head.
1: <laughs> Jack, you follow this spiral staircase down. It obviously gets cooler and cooler as you go. Wow, this place is cool. Nifty, bruh.
0: You're so cool, Brewster.
1: All of you notice the dampness is increasing, the humidity is rising, even as it is cooling down. And what Roy had first assumed was going to be some sort of basement. As you go further, 10 feet, 15 feet, you see the walls slowly begin to turn into jagged, cavernous, cave-like texture. And it is pitch black down here. You descend another 10 15 feet and run
2: into vin diesel
1: and the stench is increasing threefold now oof
2: roll for
0: nausea
1: for just a moment jack you feel a bit uneasy are you going to keep going i'm going to uh, pull my shirt up over my face and continue Am I, am I getting any sense that we're close to the bottom? Like So far not. It's almost like the spiral staircase is descending into nothingness. You've gone about 30 feet so far.
2: I'll probably go double what we already have. If we don't see anything then, then uh, we'll go from there.
1: So after about another 15 feet, you begin to see what is a, a slight glow from deep below. Lava.
0: Someone dug straight down in Minecraft.
1: <laughs> The glow is sort of Azure, a light white blue.
2: Microsoft's cloud servers.
1: We found them. (laughs) They're not in the cloud at all. They're underground. (laughs) I am so lied to. Keep going. And after about probably not, not even another 20 feet, so you've probably gone 50 to 60 feet all the way down to the bottom, you see the glow increase, and then you find yourself in a damp, dripping cave. That's probably about 40 feet wide, end to end, side to side. Okay. And in the middle is a pool of water from which the glow is emanating. We found the life spring.
2: We're going to live forever, boys! Woo! Starts tripping my clothes and jumping in.
0: (laughs) That, or we found, you know, a a disposal pool for used nuclear fuel, which emits a blue radiation which is called turn radiation. shut
2: up science yeah that's probably what it is under an old church on an island where nobody's at thanks a lot you ruined it
1: well any other thoughts or theories about what's
0: going on dan's gonna do something
3: stupid. it's a
2: summoning pool dan's now the hulk would be my guess and he's sweet that's where it's the, the thing is gonna come from when they have things and there's just some things and
1: brian what about the uh, volcano any
2: theories there we got to get there next i think what if this is a teleport up to the lake at the top of the volcano what if it's not one way to find out Declan <laughs> <laughs> <I said it. laughs> jump in boy
3: gabe what do you think about these people at the shoreline um i think that they're doing something really cool and they're uh i, I wasn't allowed to go look um, <laughs> yes you were i'm not going alone I, they're probably the deep one summoning
1: matt any theory overall theories from you
0: dagon is or someone who works for him maybe the father's kind of trying to use dan as a pawn to bring about his scheme to bring the old ones back is what it seems like to me like he's he's preying on that that grief and that want and that need to to bring her back to, to use for his own purposes, and I was thinking that if they're doing some kind of ritual, maybe the smoke at the top of the mountain is him burning some sort of effigy, maybe.
1: Do you think Dan's evil now?
0: I don't think he's evil. I think he's misguided. He's doing the wrong thing, but he thinks he's doing a, the right thing for a good reason. It's He's not intentionally trying to bring about the end of the world.
3: I think he's evil now, and Matt's
1: just not being able to handle it. It's all that booberry.
0: It's It's the lack of
1: booberry. <laughs> Well, we are definitely going to find out when we tune in next time for Chapter 8 Trist. Now, it's time for some recommendos. Please roll D100.
2: I got a 16. I got a 43.
1: I got a 19. I got a 6. So it's going to be Matt, Gabe, Brian, and me. Yay! Started off, Matthew.
0: This week. I have a really, a really cool new game to recommend to people. It's uh it's a small indie game called Superland and it's, um, what it is, is it's like a, it's a blend between like Portal and Zelda and Metroid where the core loop of the game is you explore an area and there are, you know, puzzles that you have to solve to advance, but maybe you don't have the tools you need to solve it yet, so you have to go off and find another area to solve something and it's that combination of moving around and backtracking and trying to relate things to solve puzzles that, you know, at one point you didn't have the equipment to but now you do so you can go back. What I like about it is, is the aesthetic the game is styled as if the the whole world basically takes place inside this kid's sandbox. So you know all the obstacles and stuff are like rulers that are massive because you're really small or you can tell you know the the walls and some of the blocks are made out of you know things like bricks and, and Legos. And so you take on the role of this, this tiny little, like, almost clay figure. You live in the side of the sandbox that's ruled by the red people, and on the other side there are the blue people. And one day uh, the well in your community runs dry, so you go underneath to see that the blues have sabotaged your water supply. So the game is you trying to cross from one side of the sandbox to the other to, to talk to the blue king to see why he's doing that. And it's um, really fun playing with that, that, really that micro scale and using you know, objects that we think of as small, as very large pieces to a puzzle. It's called Superland, and it is $20 on Steam.
3: Cool, we'll check that out. Sounds like a lot of fun. And Gabe. So my recommendo is The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. First of all, the story behind me seeing this movie was a hellish nightmare, because it's been in production for years. Then it was halted from being shown in the States, and it kind of just sat dormant for about a year. They released it for one night around here. One night, one showing only. And I went to the theater and they were like, oh yeah, it broke. You can't watch it. So basically the entire theater just had to get up and run and go to uh, the theater that was closest by. Where we all ended up missing like the first five minutes. But, you know, it's okay. We were able to piece it together. So basically the premise is Adam Driver is a uh, sort of director who in college, made a Don Quixote movie as his film project in Spain, and he's going back as an older, more experienced guy to make a a larger scale Don Quixote movie. And while there, he runs into the actor who had played Don Quixote in his Original movie. Come to find out that he believes he has been Don Quixote for all these years. He he believes that he was turned into Don Quixote through the filming of that movie. And there's you know some fantasy elements like we get to see what Don Quixote believes he's seeing. Oh, it's just such a grand scale and absolutely hilarious. It's a it's a great movie, way better than Endgame. It's called <laughs> The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. <laughs>
1: Nice. I cannot wait to see that. I'd love any kind of Gilliam, so need more of that in our lives. Yeah, yeah. All right. Brian, how about you? Mine actually is a TV show that
2: I waited until the second season to make sure that it was something that was going to be good. Orville. uh, I was a little on the fence for the first season. Uh, Orville is basically uh, like a Star Trek, but comedy. Seth MacFarlane, family guy, he's in it. And the writer and producer and all that stuff. The, the first season was pretty good. It was entertaining. They tried too much slapstick. To, tried to make it too much like a family Guy setting and didn't go on as many you know missions and stuff like that but in the in the second season that I'm about halfway through right now uh, it, it just definitely feels a, a lot more like Star Trek there's some serious moments and there's there's actually good really good acting in it by the characters so I, I'm, I'm really getting into it and I hope they keep on that track They've, they're getting better reviews and, and and more people are watching because of that I think a lot of the potty humor there's a little bit here and there just Enough and the timing is better on the second season for the for the humor as well. Yeah, I I, I highly recommend watching it. Get through the first season because you need the character development. It's not horrible by any means, but it's uh they don't carry really story or relationship from episode to episode except for the main characters. But now in the second season, you're getting character development and romance and action and really really good special effects. I'm really surprised on the budget that they must get for this because the episode that I watched last night it would have been on par with any movie that's out right now check out orville um i think i I watch it on hulu so but wherever you can get it check it out
1: nice all right check that out my recommendo is going to be a movie as well 1988 elvira mistress of the dark so this was directed by james signorelli Starring, of course, Cassandra Peterson, the lovely Cassandra Peterson. Uh, Jeff Conaway in a sort of throwaway role as a tough guy. And William Morgan Shepard, a character actor who does a really good turn here as a warlock. And this tells the tale of Elvira, who is a late-night host of bad movies, primarily horror flicks, who is looking to make it big in Vegas after getting fired for fending off the advances of the station owner. The only problem is the casino in Vegas wants her to front some of the money for her show because it's not a sure deal. Well, she doesn't have a lot of money, so serendipity comes along and a great aunt dies. And just so happens she leaves Elvira everything, including the dog, her house, And her recipe book. Of course, the recipe book is not exactly a recipe book, as you might think it is. And of course, witchery and warlockery ensue, as Elvira discovers through a series of wacky, cheesy, sexual innuendo-laden encounters in the prim and proper New England town that she holds the power to her own future. Lesson to be learned here. And even though, as a young lad, that I had a thing for Elvira, and her... Let's say ample talents. I avoided this movie when it came out because it looked pretty silly. And in 1988, I would have been 21 years old. So a little beyond my age group at the time, or so I thought. I thought it just looked kind of silly. And it is, but it's also very self-aware and really cheesy fun with a bunch of vaudeville quality jokes um, and more than a wink and a nod to the audience. So it knows what it's doing and it's trying to be cheesy and funny and, and just as bad as some of those bad horror movies that she hosts and makes comments about. It's cute. It's worth a laugh if you can find it. Um, I think I saw it on um, maybe Amazon. And, of course, you get bonus points if you can spot one of the kids from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors.
2: Oh, my God, that movie.
1: All right, well, that's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at LovecraftTapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where we chat all the time, in real time, always. Backwards. You can find me on Twitter, at lovecrafttapes.
0: And if anybody wants to uh, excitedly chat about the upcoming Borderlands 3 release, which I'm very excited for, uh you can find me on Twitter at the real weird kid and at the time this episode actually goes out for publication, you will also now be able to find me on the PlayStation Network at the real weird kid as well. So for all of you Lovecraft tapes fans out there that are on the PlayStation, I'm I'm now over there too. So come and say hi or whatnot.
3: And if you want to in vain attempt to convince me that I'm not Don Quixote, you can find me (laughs) at Lovecraft
2: Gabe. You can find me on Twitter at Brian podcast and also on Instagram at Brian Lovecraft
1: until next time roll for windmills.
0: The Lovecraft tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.
2: Oh! I heard a phone. Up, oh, we gotta start over.
1: Oh God shit! What damn was that? It. Look what you've uh, done amateurs. now. Amateurs,
2: damn it, Janet.
1: <laughs> and we are live.
2: What? Uh-oh.
1: We are. Hi, guys. I'm Memorex. Hello, everybody. Hi, just Out me. Out there in, in Memorex land. Memorex. Memorex. What? <laughs> uh, for her pleasure. Uh, okay. <gasps> hey, hey, <ew. laughs> Spicy. Ew, ew.
3: The vast majority of that which I've played in the past is pulp, pulp Cthulhu rules. That was a hard thing to say out loud. It's easy for you to say. Wait, go back it, on Amazon I, find I'm it. I'm glad
1: you finally admitted it, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I know that was and difficult you. And you know what? We're you. here to support you. If you want a pulp, we're not They're here to do They're going to support
0: you. you. I'm just going to point <laughs> and laugh.
2: No, that's part of it. Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> I
0: prefer my orange
1: juice with no pulp, but you know, whatever. But plenty of Cthulhu. Brittany Davis, Lobster Johnson, Old O'Purkle. Oh, fuck me.
0: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't think you know them that well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, that,
1: that, that wasn't <laughs> quite what I meant. Um, Patreon orgy. Am what? Am two.
2: <laughs> Am not. Am night shamalong.
1: <laughs> Hours later. Oh, shit me. <laughs> I- <laughs> I don't think that's possible, but we can try. <laughs> I'm going to shit you hours later.
0: That sounds uncomfortable.
2: Chair still squeaks. That's good. Yeah, nice squeaky chair.
0: That's what I wake up to. It's just a squeaky Always chair. Always
1: to edit that out.
0: <laughs> There's a squeaky chair in the corner, and it's terrifying. For the editor, not for me. I don't know why it's scary about
2: it.
1: uh, <laughs> Shouldn't burp on YouTube. That's disgusting.
2: Hi, YouTube. How does it feel? It's okay. Uh, Other YouTubers have done much worse.
3: No, they haven't. No YouTuber's ever done anything wrong, ever.
1: Oh, as an aside, do you guys uh, listen and watch uh, DJ Cumberbun on YouTube? No. You absolutely should.
2: All right. Click kind on of YouTube.
1: He, he <laughs> mashes up songs oh, nice. and videos, and it is incredible. I keep an
0: eye on Bendy Bunch Cumberblanch, but I don't know <laughs> if that's the same person or
2: not. Pengu- penguins... <laughs> Penguins. Penguins. Give me just two seconds. I'll be right back. All right. Time's up. Yeah, this one, th- this
3: <laughs> note that he just gave me said that that Matt's off the show because he's dumb.
0: Yeah. It happens. Since Jeremy can't hear us and he will most definitely not listen to this later, I am not watching Borderlands Three gameplay right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't me that dropped my glasses. It was uh It was him. For whoever ends up editing this, blame Jeremy, not me.
0: So welcome to the new and improved Lovecraft tapes without a GM. It
3: is improved.
0: We get to do what we want.
3: We won. We solved it.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep.
3: We, oh, we find Dan. He's just in the, he's in the next hotel room. He's in the Thatched
2: Museum. We just never went in there. I wanted
3: to, (laughs) but for some reason I couldn't.
0: Hey guys, I was there the whole time. Sorry, I didn't say anything. I was just so invested in these thatched houses. I feel I couldn't like look I away. should
3: read this before he comes back. Oh, he's back. I, I've I've been reading this. I've been reading this the whole time.
2: Was it enough time for you to mm. almost? They kept talking. Yeah, the it was just thing. us, not Brian. Bunch of jerks.
0: Yeah, Brian kept talking, and we couldn't get him to shut up. What do I need
3: to make this role happen, Jeremy? Uh, do you have any cult? Oh, cult. I have five. So what number? Do I need Jeremy what number do I need?
2: <laughs> what number? I How much shit. Do, you How want? Much do
3: I need a
0: hard <laughs> success? You need a one. What
3: are you game? trying to do? To to know what Dagon is. Oh well, I'm gonna roll well, it too. But I need cause... Jeremy to, to tell me what number I He's need.
2: He's not going to <laughs> Now to answer your question, no I won't burst into flames.
1: And then he promptly bursts into flames. Oh, and then huh? I freak out.
2: <laughs> Hot, 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 hot. And I spit out frogs. How do you like it? But like a machine gun.
0: <laughs>
1: Can you guys hear my cat? No. Good. That's because I have my microphone so close to my mouth you can't hear her. Yeah, she's outside going.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: my cat. She's
2: rocking it's out. has
0: got a great beat, but she can't dance to it.